Hello and welcome to this week's episode of We Know We Ho. We are in episode 34 for December 9th. I am Tracy Posso, your host, and I am here with my co-host this week, Maxine Tatlonghari. Hello, Maxine. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm working my butt off. <laughs> oh, that's Lots good. Of work. <laughs> That's good. Well, a good thing that you have good lots of work because we are this week in another situation and we are in full lockdown with stringent stay-at-home orders. So things continue to change here day to day. So it's good that you have lots of stuff to keep you busy at home there. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to look at it for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in those stay-at-home orders, our restaurants still are open, um, not open for outdoor dining but they are open. And as always, we'd like you to encourage you to support our uh, local businesses and restaurants here in West Hollywood. And just a, a reminder uh, to order direct directly when you can. Many of the restaurants are doing their own delivery. You can give them a call and see, you know, that it really saves uh, the 25 to 30% uh, fee that is from the it's charged on top from those delivery ser services. So just a, just a nice little reminder there. Um, also, uh, I wanted to mention that last week we had such a great show. Um, we had a little issue with our audio. It was a little bit bumpy. Um, we apologize for that. I hope you all listened to that. Um, if you did, thank you. Um, you know, I just want to mention that we are um, be gentle, be kind. Uh, we're self-produced at the moment. And we really do this for week to week. As I mentioned, we are in our 34th week of this. This whole podcast was started because we really wanted to help the business community. Maxine, Lauren, and I are very involved with the business community. And these business owners, they're like our family. Um, and this is really what why we do this podcast from week to week. And we really hope that it's helping um, support our businesses. We are not sponsored. Uh, something that we just do from the goodness of our hearts. So I just thank you all for your understanding. And hopefully um, this week, the audio will be a little bit smoother. Yeah. Thanks for letting us be a little part of your day. You know, we're all trying to stay connected. And as things change, like moment to moment, um, we hope that you find this helpful in navigating, uh, you know, where you can eat and shop and play in West Hollywood. Yes. And that being said, if there's a producer or an editor out there that wants to help us out of the goodness of your heart, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Love to have the professional help. <laughs> Oh, well, here, here we are on the second week of December, and we are in full swing of the holidays. Uh, very interesting holiday season. Um, everyone's doing their best. Um, yeah, the, the tree lot is up on sunset. Also, uh, I've noticed in a couple of my drives down uh, sunset at night, um, the, the lights at, that Sunset Plaza have put up are really, really, it, it's nice. I don't know. They make me smile. I just, you know, I think it's a little things at this point. So, you know, I know people are on strict stay at home orders, but if you get in your car or you want to do a walk by, by Sunset Plaza, not a lot of people up there. Um, it's just kind of a nice little holiday thing to do. Last week, uh, as we mentioned, the West city of West Hollywood celebrated its 36 year anniversary. Um, the city has been around for about a hundred years, um, going back to the town of Sherman actually, as it was originally called. And the reason I mentioned that is that in our neighborhood section coming up here in a little bit here, we have a very special guest this week, who's going to share, um, very extensive knowledge on the history of West Hollywood. So we're really looking forward to that guest this week. 
Um, let's jump right into our food and fashion segment before we get to our guest. Um, so last week, Pink Dot, our local delivery company that's been around for, gosh, I don't know, 25, 30 years or so, um, rolled out its partnership with Postmates. Uh, I don't want to be contradictory here <laughs> with the Postmates on our local restaurants, but I love this partnership. I actually went up there. Lauren and I went up there. They've got these cute little delivery robots. Um, they've got actually three robots. They're pink, um, and their names are Pinky, Dotty, and Solly after Saul, um, <laughs> who actually owns Pink Dot. They're super cute. Um, you know, Postmates has been really great about getting involved with the city and really like doing a lot of kind of beta testing with these robots. So if you see something or order something from Postmates and have a, a robot come, um, I know it's, it was pretty cool. It was lots of fun. And I think next week uh, we're going to go ahead and bring Saul on to talk about um, that partnership and Pink Dot and some of their uh, exciting things that he's got uh, going on that are a little bit different. Do these robots actually deliver it like to your house or how does that work? Yes, they do. Oh. So um, they actually, um, you, I don't know, I should say this, but okay. They use Lauren <laughs> as like a, a model. So Lauren had like a pink cap on and she came out of Pink Dot with a bag and she pushes a code and the lid opens and you put in your Pink Dot order and then the robot goes to deliver your stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, and I know that they are also, Postmates is also working with some of our restaurants. Again, not to be contradictory, um, but to utilize, um, they were doing a beta program last year. And I think it's still ongoing um, to have Postmates robots deliver um, robots just because it's so hard to find parking normally um, for, you know, Uber Eats or people um, to pull in. So um, it's pretty cool. They're very cute. And I think we posted them on our Insta stories last week. I'm, I'm fascinated. <laughs> They're cute. They're I'm really fascinated. cute. I can't wait to talk to Saul about it next week. I'll send, I'll have to send you some pictures. <laughs> I saw, I saw the pictures on, um, I think I saw it on Instagram, but yeah. that is, that is really cute. Yes. Well, Maxine, I, I haven't, we really haven't spoken much in the last week or texted. Um, and I have to tell you, you know, I think everyone's dealing with this, COVID fatigue and this new round of, you know, upticks and our new, um, you know, stay-at-home orders a little bit differently. I have chosen to um, deal with my feelings and like whatever the situation um, by um, kicking up my my burger um, <laughs> kick as well as my cheese kick. I'm just like, you know what? It's the holidays. I got to do what makes me happy. I'm not eating burgers every day, but I do have a long list. And I have two mentions that I've been wanting to go to. Well, one for a long time. And the second is a new mention. Um, and they are WeHo adjacent. <clears throat> and I'm going to mention them in a minute. And I have to tell you, I'm like, oh, well, we should just do a rundown, um, you know, of all the burgers that our local restaurants serve. And I'm like, oh, there's probably only a list of like three or four. Maxine, I started to write a list. And I kid you not, I think I have like more than 25 places just here in West Hollywood and 1.9 square miles where we can get burgers. So <laughs> I've had a couple of them, but anyway, um, we'll get to those uh, it, maybe in a, in a later segment, but the two burgers that I tried, uh, I was down in Venice for something and I went to American beauty, their window and I had their double cheeseburger. And what I'm really loving, actually, and it's kind of on my list, I'll let people know, is I'm really looking for a great burger that's under $10. 
Um, you know, some of these burgers can be like 15, 20, 25, 30. So this is just like Tracy's little, what's the best double cheeseburger value under $10. And I can tell you that that double cheeseburger from window and American beauty is amazing. It is, it is definitely a top contender. Have you had that Maxine? I have not. No, no. Cause I, I know that that's been there a while and I know that you used to go down to Venice quite a bit like PC. Um, <laughs> the second burger that I had on Saturday, um, it was from local favorite Maxine. Do you remember the restaurant Combe Saw that used to be on the mm-hmm. corner of Melrose and La Cienega? Yeah, of course. So, so, um, I, before I moved to New York, um, because my ex used to teach spin class there at train on Sundays, we would go to Comsaw quite a bit for Sunday brunch after spin class. Um, and they closed, which was kind of sad because it was one of my favorite places they had, you know, it was Parisian, which we love. Um, oui. but mm-hmm, <laughs> we, oui, oui. um, so the owner, uh, from Comsaw is doing a burger concept down in Venice, um, on Abbott Kinney and it's called a drift burger. Let me tell you, I went down and I usually have a double and I just got their plain burger. They have a lot of fancy stuff. It was just their plain, like cheeseburger, the OG. And I added, um, another patty. So it would be two. It was way too much. And that hamburger, you know, those commercials like Carl's Jr. When you take a bite and it drips all over, um, because of course I just finished a 50 mile ride and I was starving. So I ate it in my car and it, that, that hamburger was so amazing and so delicious again, under $10 don't need the second patty. Um, so the, I just wanted to, to mention those two American beauty and the adrift burger. Good to know. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Tracy is an avid cyclist. So she needs like a meat fix after she has a long ride. <laughs> That's the way I justify it. <laughs> you know, I wish I had uh, the metabolism of a young 25 year old where I could eat double cheeseburgers every day because uh, this week I probably would. <laughs> so my second fixation is on cheese. Um, and um, my actually my cousin had told me that Murray's cheese, which is a very famous um, cheese shop in Delhi in New York on Bleecker street. It's been there for a long time that Murray's had actually has a partnered with Ralph's and they have a whole section in Ralph's that is carved off, carved out with Murray's cheeses. And, you know, Maxine, I I've been complaining a lot about, you know, trying to find some good cheese, um, and really good cheese selections, you know, Bristol farms and Gelson's do a good job of that. But I am telling you, I walked in there and looked at this Marie's cheese selection and I basically did cartwheels, I think, um, down the center aisle in Ralph's cause I was so excited for the amount of cheese selection I had there. <laughs> and then I, you know, I just, I keep going back to Madre and I don't think you've had been able to have Madre yet. Have you? No, I've been pretty, you know, down. So I finally, um, I'm trying to get through the whole entire menu because everything there is just so incredibly delicious and it is authentic and you can tell it's handmade. I mean, I feel like 
there is, you know, a Mexican grandmother in the kitchen with all of her recipes. And finally, yesterday I went over and I picked up the, um, I decided I had to have mole because um, I keep just dis getting distracted with all the tacos on their menu because it was Taco Tuesday yesterday. And I finally had the mole tamal um, with chicken. So it's a, a, a tamale with a mole sauce. I mean to tell you, I don't know what's going on with their mole. I, I'm not sure what they make it with, but it was unbelievable. I, I, I mean, I am not a mole ex expert at all by any means, but I will tell you that this mole will change your life. So if you're looking for something, they're brand new. Um, you know, they just opened up in the pandemic as well, um, right there on Fairfax. So check out um, Madra. We've been talking about them a lot and hopefully we'll be able to uh, get someone on the show to talk a little bit about what they're doing there. Oh, they also have mezcal flights, which is really cool. They have like five or six different mezcal flights starting around $28. And you get these teeny, when you order it, um, I didn't order it, but they showed me what you get. They get these teeny tiny little bottles, like <clears throat> miniatures of four or five tequilas and it tasting notes and it runs you through it. And it's pretty cool. Um, so check that out um, as well. So I, I don't know. I kind of think that mole and cheese and burgers and it looks like mezcal is kind of like my December jam. <laughs> I love a flight. So I, I love that idea. I also yesterday popped into candle delirium and I said, hello to Anthony. Uh, for those of you um, that are interested, we featured Anthony and Candle Delirium on our episode on November 24th. So take a listen to that. He is busier than ever, um, his staff. And I said, wow, I'm so happy. And everyone, I said, be grateful. And they are. Um, and he said, you know, people don't know. They think everything is shut down. It is not shut down. I said, and I'll make sure to mention it to let people know that retail is open. Candle Delirium is open. You know, they have with reduced capacity inside. I took home a gorgeous uh, candle. It was actually the Candle Delirium line. It's a holiday candle. And it is a cranberry and cinnamon flavor. It is it is gorgeous. It burns beautifully. It's burning right now. And my house smells like the holidays between the burgers um, and the, and the mole I've got going on in here. So it's good, but it's really beautiful. And I really love that. That's the first candle delirium um, line of candles that I purchased. And of course, you know, there's all your favorites in there, but really nice. So just a reminder there that candle delirium is open. If yeah. And speaking of unique retail, you know, employees only night market, um, is continuing and that it was open from 4 to 10 p.m. And I'll put in the show notes exactly which days because I don't remember, but they are also on Instagram. But again, it's takeout from some of your favorite restaurants. It's a curated pop-up. And then all of the, the retail type of things are um, from local artisans. So Tom and his family and his crew, when I say family, I mean all of his um, fellow collaborators have really created this this night shopping experience and it is and it is mm. dog friendly for those of you with fur babies um so check that out and then also just to circle back on our previous guest craig um for orders over a hundred dollars is offering minis four minis of his vegan ice cream so if you've never had it it is delicious and that's a really perfect way to kind of get a little taster menu of what's going on there well, I ran into um, Katie Brightside, Miss um, Brightside, 
um, who is my neighbor here, my fellow neighbor. Um, and she was, I was going in and she was coming out and we had a quick little mask chat in the entry of our apartment, um, complex there in the, the patio area. And I said, Hey, what you got? Cause she was, she was holding a big bag with two bottles in it. Um, and she said, Oh, I was just down at V wine room. I'm like, Oh, she goes, yeah, they've got a holiday special. And, um, you can get either two bottles of the V wine room branded wine, um, and a candle for $39 or two bottles of kava and a candle for 49 so i thought that was pretty cool so check out the wine room um down there on santa monica our local little wine room um with some fun fun holiday yeah that is a really cute gift idea as far as retail goes uh keeping an eye on what's going on down there on melrose um and i can tell you you know alice and olivia they're still open um and Maxine, I don't know if you've walked, seen them on your, your walk-bys, if they're on your path, but they are definitely worth a walk-by to look in the front windows. They have the cutest holiday clothes with damask that's like pink and black. And, oh, it made me smile and wanted me to go, you know, just, I just wanted to go in and buy a new outfit, holiday outfit for myself. So uh, Alice and Olivia is live. And yeah. Well. And if you're um, checking out the decorations, then you might as well also head right up the street to Pretty Little Things because it is a pink explosion of holiday fun. Um, it's not open to the public as far as I understand, but if you want to just kind of get some inspo on an alternative way to decorate a tree, um, if you're in the Alice and Olivia neighborhood, you might as well drop by there as well. I mm, love that. Yeah. Um, little light on our health and wellness this week. Um, but I know, you know, now, right now is a really amazing time to check out the offerings from Dr. Refresh. Um, things that'll help the immune system, like that amazing IV, IV immunity drip that they are offering over there, um, as well as a lymphatic massage, um, really good for the body, um, helping with stress and um, just, uh, you know, helping to release the things that we hold in our body. So um, check out Dr. Refresh. Maxine, I don't know, do you have any health and wellness tips this week? Um, Not really. I'm still just kind of doing the walks and the Peloton app, which I mention like every week, but that has really been a lifesaver. And, you know, I've been, like I, I mentioned at the top of the show, really just working a lot right now. So haven't been able to get outside for the past couple of days for that walk, but I notice a huge difference when I'm able to get outside and just get a little sun on me, um, just in my mood. So I think that's so important. So yeah, so when I'm trying to get outside, then definitely, you know, my walk with the Peloton app. But I have to say, you know, one of the things that I've been pretty consistent with since the beginning of lockdown um, are languages, because that's just fun to me. So I started out doing Italian, <laughs> which I love. But I then wanted to pick up my French back I started out doing Italian, then I wanted to take my French back up just because it's easier for me because I did live there for a little while and studied it in high school. So I wanted to share the three sort of online that I use for my French and, and my Italian when I do that. And they are mango for speaking, just in terms of being able to like retention and repetition. And then I like babble for learning vocabulary. And then I'll hop over to Instagram and there's this really cute little 
um, collaboration between an American guy from Long Beach and his French girlfriend called Street French. And um, they do a lot of really good free content on their Instagram, on their stories as well. And then they've got these eBooks you can buy, like one is called Swear Like a Parisian. Um, so I really like that tool. And <laughs> between those three things, you know, it's kind of uh, been how I've been keeping my French moving forward. I am so inspired <laughs> by you. And every time I hear you speak, I'm just like, oh, boy, I've been wanting to do that now for nine months. <laughs> well, and the thing that Charlie, who's the guy from Long Beach, who then went on to the Sorbonne to really per- perfect his French and fell in love with this beautiful French girl, is he always, he's a big advocate of speaking. Like you can study online as much as you want and do the apps and everything. So I've been like even doing some meetup groups, which there are some free ones just to speak it. Um, more often. And I might even take the dive and, and, uh, you know, tutor with Charlie in France. (laughs) That, wow. That is fantastic. Um, yeah, that's been on my list as well as, uh, there's an app, uh, and, uh, you know, a website called ed X instead of TEDx. It's like ed, like education X and it offers all these free classes from, really great institutions and don't ask me why, but I've always wanted to take physics. I didn't take physics in high school. I stopped at chemistry and I've just wanted to take physics. And so there's this AP physics class from, I think Rice university and it's free and I've been meaning to do that as well. So um, yeah, if you're looking for something for the new year, set starting to set those goals for the new year with, uh, you know, um, languages or education, because it looks like we're probably going to be in this situation of uh, continued quarantine for, you know, uh, quite some time, a couple of months um, until that vaccine gets out there. So some good stuff to put on your list. It rolls right in there to the quarantine at home. Um, Definitely check it out. Um, Well, I mentioned Katie Bright and Miss Brightside. And um, I have another note here. This was, again, on on my run yesterday morning. Um, I ran, not that it matters, but I'll just tell everyone, Sunset to down um, Doheny, down Melrose. And I wanted to see see if the GBK suite was open. Um, And what I saw in front of the LaPierre Hotel, and Katie had mentioned this to me, is that she has this fabulous art installation from her new collection that she's calling the digs collection. And what she's done is she's taken over kind of the front hotel facade and there's seven really big pieces of her art that are hanging and they are intended to be Instagrammable artworks. Um, And they're also available for contactless purchase via a QR code that's on each one of them. And, you know, I'm a big fan of her art. It is bright. It is quirky. It is fun. A little bit feels like Alice in Wonderland. Um, so if you're down in the neighborhood walking by the Lapeer, um, go and check out that col- collaboration. And you may want to order one for a friend or family or a holiday gift. Um, very talented uh, in her yeah, art. Yeah, and that's, um, <laughs> that leads me into another thing that I've been kind of studying is there is an online uh resource called art news um so kind of just beefing up on art history and what's going on now with trends and whatnot so i think that all goes together and i do love katie's artwork as well really see i love that you see it bright and quirky and i see it as sort of mysterious and like sexy so and then i guess that's where they say art (laughs) is subjective right like you see something and i see Mm -hmm. something else so 
Yeah, there is a little, I, I hear you, like some of her pieces def- definitely have like a sexy, <laughs> naughty, um, <clears throat> interesting overtone to them. So I, she kind of spans the gamut there on, on, <laughs> on the feeling for her art, for her art. In today's neighborhood segment, we are so excited. We have such a special guest joining us today. Today, our guest is Allison Martino. And Allison Martino is a native Los Angeles-based television producer, documentarian, columnist for Los Angeles Magazine, and lifelong resident of the city. Her zeal for history and lifelong penchant for collecting has resulted in one of the largest collections of restaurant memorabilia, photographs, postcards, and matchbooks. Martino's affection for old Hollywood and her hometown's architecture led her to create the wildly popular Vintage Los Angeles, an ever-growing photocentric Facebook page dedicated to highlighting LA's physical transformation during the 20th century, as well as its history as the center of the entertainment industry and community. Martino is also an advocate for historic preservation of the architecture that makes Los Angeles and the surrounding communities like West Hollywood Beverly Hills and Santa Monica unique, and for the buildings that are iconic representations of the entertainment history. She worked to bring back the original Chasen's Chili, has helped to preserve the original characters on the walls of the Palm Restaurant, and saved vintage signs on the Sunset Strip. Welcome to We Know WeHo, Allison Martino. Thank you for having me. What an intro. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I, I, I cobbled together some stuff on your Facebook page, so that's all you. <laughs> I forgot I did some of that stuff. <laughs> I know. I, you know, it's actually one of my favorite, favorite parts of uh, introducing our guests is to read their bio. They're like, wow. It's like, yeah, you've done a lot. I'm very impressed. And I cut out a lot. So, <laughs> yes, you have done a lot. And I have to say, um, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited. Um, for you to join us today on We Know WeHo. And as you know, last week, West Hollywood celebrated its 36th anniversary as a city. And a lot of people, you know, really don't know the history. I certainly didn't know it um, until I got involved um, with the city and the Chamber of Commerce, you know, that um, really West Hollywood started as a town of Sherman, um, but really was not incorporated until 1984 as a city. So um, we love following up the the city's um, birthday, 36th birthday, um, by having you on because um, there's just so much valuable history and I'm a little bit of a, a mild history geek. I'm not going to, you know, say by any means am I a deep history geek, but I love looking at the maps of LA from like the, the early 1900s, Allison, you know, where there's just the orchard fields. And I love hearing about the, the history of, of West Hollywood in particular, because when you think of the history of L.A. and Hollywood, you really think of Hollywood. But it really happened here in West Hollywood, you know, in the city in the 1930s and the 1940s with our restaurants and nightclubs on the Sunset Strip, like Sherry's and Ciro's and the Trocadero that were patronized by people working in the movie industry. And of course, the infamous story we all know about the Mocambo, where Ella Fitzgerald sang for the first time because Marilyn Monroe, that story of Marilyn Monroe. And then, you know, I hear stories about the camels that were in West Hollywood and the trolley cars. Okay. And you talk to Jamie Adler and, you know, what happened in the design district. And I heard on your, your podcast last week where you're featured about the amusement part where Beverly Center now sits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I looking on your Facebook page, I had no idea. This is outside of West Hollywood. I'm a huge Hollywood Bull fan. I had no idea 
that there was actually a pool at the bowl <laughs> from 1953 to 1972. I don't know if any of us were born yet in 1972, um, but there was a pool right there in front of like the stage. So, okay. Uh, enough from me. I mean, so all, with all of that, Allison, like people don't know, like what, let's start off. Like, what are the things that stand out most in your mind as historical, like standouts in West Hollywood that are either, still standing or unfortunately long gone okay well i was alive in 1972 but i was only two okay okay Um, so uh you know i remember trains going through santa monica boulevard through beverly hills that would carry like the wonder bread you know and I, i remember as a kid smelling that that incredible bread coming from the train and you always knew what it was coming through. So, yeah, I remember a train. You know, it's the same tracks that the Pacific Red Car, I guess, you know, went through. And then, and then we had, like, freight trains. And, I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> so, you know, that's, like, the island in the middle there on Santa Monica Boulevard. That's where it was, you know, kind of running through there. Sometimes mm. I've, I've heard stories of train, train tracks are still under there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they've been, like, you know, poured over 100 million times. But some of those tracks were taken out and... And, like, Glenn Fry from the Eagles, like, donated a piece of it to Dantana's, which is another restaurant I grew up going to my entire life, which hasn't changed a bit since I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. That used to be, like, an old house in the 20s. It was, it was actually houses up on, like, just up and down Santa Monica Boulevard, you can imagine. Wow. Yeah. But I just remember, you know, growing up in this neighborhood, I'm, I'm a West Hollywood resident, um, that it was uh, the connecting, it's like it connected every city. You know, I just felt like this is kind of like the real, the middle of the city to me. And uh, we think so. We think so yeah. too. We call it the heartbeat, the heartbeat of Los Angeles. I really feel like that's true. Yeah, I really do. And, you know, I walk out my door and I, I can walk everywhere, um, you know, walk to the markets. And, you know, I remember Mayfair Market, which is Gelson's now. And, you know, um, there's a lot that's changed, but there's also a lot that hasn't changed to me. I still love the fact I mean, there's it's changing now more than ever on Santa Monica Boulevard because they're going to build two and three and four story buildings. But I remember when everything was just like one story, you know, um, mm-hmm. there were record stores there. I remember they're no longer there, but there's the, there was a, a roller skating rink around the corner from me called flippers and uh oh wow yeah. so where, now, wait, where was that was that on santa so monica on santa monica and la sienega it's a cvs now mm. and back in the 70s and the 80s it was a bowling alley at first and then it turned into a really awesome roller rink that like shared invested in and and then later it turned into like a punk club in the early 80s and the go-go's and prince played there it was kind of new wave-ish kind of cutting edge and then it, it it turned into an esprit shop remember remember esprit clothing store, clothing line uh-huh. oh I, sure I, yeah i remember when that was an esprit yep. shop okay so you remember that and and now I it's do. a cvs but <laughs> i really would rather have flippers but <laughs> you know, <laughs> me too I mean, yeah they, at least i could have built it on top of cvs right kind of missed like more the more activities that we used to have like you, know, you mentioned Kitty Land, and yeah, I mean it's just right outside of West Hollywood, but it's where the Beverly Center is now. And that was a, a full-on amusement park, you know, with, with roller coasters and haunted mansions and <laughs> bumper cars. And then next to that was a Pony Land, where kids could ride ponies, and I you could name them. They had names, and that it was like a lot of dirt, <laughs> you know, and like 
it just when they built the Beverly Center there, we were so crushed. I was like eight or nine years old when I heard they were building that. And I'm like, Amal, what about our horses and our ponies? And so mm-hmm. it was just, I mean, I remember a lot of less traffic. And La Cienega, which is one of my favorite streets. I mean, I grew up going to like Aaron Brothers, which I think was a big loss that we lost Aaron Brothers framing. Um, and uh, there was a great, incredible Polynesian restaurant called The Islander that was right across from like, like where Norm's is. And thank God we still okay. have Norm's. Yeah, yeah. That's we're losing a lot of coffee shops. That's kind of scary. I'm worried about delis and coffee shops. The culture's changing so much, and I don't know if it's sad because I just remember things being a bit more affordable when I was growing up. They weren't these very expensive shishi restaurants, and I I don't remember red velvet ropes in front of restaurants or anything like that. It just felt a little more. Bohemian, maybe in the mm-hmm. 70s, and even in the 80s, there was like restaurants like The Source and The Melting Pot and Cafe Figaro and Melrose and Doheny. There was a great little market called Carl's Market on Doheny and, and uh, Santa Monica. But all that is changing. Um, <laughs> so we still have, a. I mean, I frequent today, you know, obviously Dantana's. I, I love Hugo's. I love the Rainbow Bar and Grill which is like mm-hmm. the last of our rock and roll joints, you know, because <laughs> that mm-hmm, area up yeah. sunset, like when Tower Records was flourishing, that whole, that whole neighborhood up there was very rock and roll. And especially in the eighties when the rockers would just kind of walk up and down the street in their black leather pants, skinny pants, I should say, <laughs> you know, like putting flyers on everybody's car. <laughs> Yeah, but we heard some good stories about what used to be the, you know, the Riot Hyatt that's now the Andaz, and we talked to Matt over there, (laughs) and some of the crazy stories about what happened off those balconies. Yeah, like, yeah, they don't have those balconies anymore because of that, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we figured that out when we went over there, like, oh, this is, they filled in, you know, those cute little, I don't know, sitting areas that are in the front used to be the balconies. It was a creative solution. Yeah. Yeah, it was recreated in Almost Famous when they come to LA and there's mm-hmm. that great scene where I, I think they, they think David, they, David Bowie was in the elevator and they're all, you know, Led Zeppelin staying there. I mean, it was like the ultimate, but this was a different era when rock and roll was really king, you know, of, of all that. It, it's just changed so much. Um, so when, when music changes, the places change, but there's still like, yeah. um, you know, the Viper room up there had been so many different places before and that's still there. I'm a little worried about that one because of all these new developments, you know, places need to get landmarked quicker than, than ever. Yeah. I think my biggest heartbreak and I didn't see it, but I live right across the block from it. And I just think I have some strange karmic ties to it is the garden. I just, (laughs) you know, Valentino and all I just love that old Hollywood stuff. And, you know, I can't get into the Chateau often enough because I just love all that old classic stuff. But, you know, it's, it's hard when you live in a very urban area and if we're in the heart of uh, a major city, one of the major cities in the world, you know, we've got to, unfortunately, it's hard to balance that. Uh, I know it's really, really hard to balance the new with the old. Um, Sometimes um, 
it's sad, but it's, that's really great that we have people like you who are out there who can help us, you know, remember what it used to be. Um, and I know that you also, um, have been very involved, uh, with some, like saving some of the historical, uh, mm -hmm. artifacts. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like even like the, um, the Rocky oh, and Bowling yeah. See, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's been a, a, a few crusades, I guess you could say I've been on. Can't uh -huh. take full credit, but I definitely get the word out, which is really good for the community because my Vintage LA page on Facebook reaches so many hundreds of thousands of people that if you need signatures or there's a crusade out to save something and you need to get the attention out there, they're really responsive and really emotional about stuff like that. Um, Mel's diet, mm -hmm. I mean, um, this is, <clears throat> the um, norms was sort of a, a, that was a scary one. I thought we were going to lose it, which again, is that you know, mid-century boomerang space age, jet age era with the most incredible neon sign in front. And I thought we were going to lose it, but we didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I guess I got on the crusade of that. And then when Rocky and Bullwinkle went missing, I sort of followed that story for about seven years and um, mm -hmm. wrote about it quite a bit and located where it was and got all these different stories about where it was going to go and if it was ever going to come back it wasn't going to come back it wasn't going to come back and so it came back earlier this year now on the corner of Holloway and Sunset I think it looks terrific I love the spot that it's at mm -hmm. I really really love I love what they do. yeah it's, it's really fun, fun. And, and it's right across the street from the old Tower Records and even though that's not a functioning record store it still says Tower Records and I just I live right there and so I drive by it every day I get to drive by Bowwinkle and the Tower Records facade, and I'm like, I'm right uh, back in 1985. <laughs> I love that. You know, I'm okay. Here's a crusade for you. This is a Tracy crusade that I would love for you to take over as an Allison crusade. So that Tower Records, I would love for that, and don't laugh either of you, for that to be like for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to come do something there in that space and do something kind of like a mini rock and roll hall of fame like they have in cleveland and even put stars i heard at one point like the city was thinking about and you know putting instead of stars like guitars and having well, like a rock and roll gibson. walk was, of fame was in west hollywood gibson guitar headquarters i mean mm -hmm. that was that was what it was supposed to be and that was yeah very cool news because it would keep it in the music vein but i guess mm -hmm. gibson I'm not sure if they declared bankruptcy. I'm not sure about that, but there's, they just didn't go through with it. Um, so it's yeah. been sitting there. And then when Colin Hanks did his documentary on Tower Records, I believe it's because of his, you know, his project, they painted Tower Records back up there. Because it, it didn't say Tower Records since it, they closed. It, when they closed, it didn't say Tower Records anymore. And then suddenly it was back. And I can't imagine... Oh, I kind of remember that now that you mentioned that. That's yeah, funny. it was amazing. Yeah. And got, I mean, they had a big like after party there and, and walking through it was just so surreal to be in there again. And especially mm -hmm. with the creator of Tower Records there and, you know, everybody who, who had worked there was invited. And that was really special. Um, would be great if it could be a music museum or a West Hollywood Museum, which I've been trying to work on. We don't have one. We need one. God knows I have the artifacts to contribute to it. <laughs> um, oh, well, maybe they can incorporate that into the arts, um, the arts club, that building, if that ever gets off the ground, that might be a good thing because they're planning some cool stuff for the yeah. public there. Yeah, and, uh, the, yeah. if you have any ins with Gwyneth Paltrow, put, put an in, 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 in request in okay. for that. 
Um, well, I know the mm-hmm. Andes has been really cool about um, sort of having gallery showings or uh, exhibits uh, celebrating the old Sunset Strip with the billboards, with Robert mm-hmm. Landau's book. Uh, and so there, there is there's still a lot of appreciation for Sunset Strip and its history. There's different eras of it that people particularly grasp onto more than others. Um, the old Hollywood mm-hmm. is obviously always going to be. It's so interesting that Ciro's that you brought up is, you know, it's, it's the comedy store now. And it's really the, it's the, it's basically the same structure, you know. And I think a few years ago they were remodeling something upstairs. I think it's called the belly room and they took down a wall or something and they found old wallpaper from Ciro's. <laughs> I know, wow. and they didn't keep it. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I remember when I toured that, um, I forget the, the manager up there, and he walked me through the club, and he was telling me all the stories, and that um, the woman that used to own that, forgive me, I forget her name, right. after she passed, she basically had boxes and what? boxes and boxes um, of, you know, stuff that they need to oh, go boy. through, um, you know, pictures oh, and zeros and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's yeah, so much history um, here. It's so, it's so Shore. fascinating. It's probably sure. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there is, there's, they had gems in there. I was in there once many years ago, like eight or nine years ago. And I walked through the kitchen and they had an original zeros sign on like in the kitchen and I went, Oh my God. And then last time I was there, not there anymore. So where is mm. it going? I hope there's yeah. like, I wish there was an area like, you know, Valley Relics out in the Valley. You know, the Tommy who runs that place is such a, it's just an incredibly curated museum. And he gets so many donations from old signs, you know, in the Valley. I wish we had that here on this side of town. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'm going to put a request in. I don't know if he's listening, but he has been a guest on the show. But Lance Bass, his buddy, Justin Timberlake, I have always wanted Justin. I thought it was a great idea, Justin, if you're listening, um, to create like an old nightclub like that called Suit and Tie. And it would be required to have a white dinner jacket. So if you walked in and you didn't own one, you could rent one. It would be orchestra like in the Lucy and Desi shows, all that kind of stuff, like all that. But you could also put you know, uh, a history museum on the bottom of that. So yeah, I've got some good I'd ideas like to for jump you. <laughs> in on that if that goes, <laughs> you know. Right? I know. Would that be awesome? And I mean, come like on. That, you know, who does just It has to be curated right because, you know, like I've been hearing about this new development that's going to go over where the Viper Room is. They're going to, blo- they're just going to knock out that whole block. I'm just sick over it. And um, that's where like the old Guild Turner's is, not the one that's down by Doheny, but the other one's Turner's T E R. And then the Sunbeam, mm-hmm. you know, the, the cute little market on the, you know, it's just a, a lot of stuff there that I u- utilize and that's all going to go. And apparently the mm-hmm. developer, this is before COVID, you know, um, I was supposed to meet with the developer because I said, well, what's going to happen to the Viper Room? Because it's not just the Viper Room, it's mm-hmm. the decades of it before and what it was. It's been like five different incarnations going back to the 50s. And that stage is just legendary, you know, and. He said they were going to move it, you know, somewhere in the hotel. And I, and I thought, right, don't make it like a lounge, <laughs> you know, with like with the wrong era of music or charge $50,000 for a drink. You know, keep it a rock club. That's what we, you know, I'm worried that we're, we're losing rock and roll clubs, places to see live performances. It's a lot. of I'm not putting DJs yeah. down or anything like that. There seems to be a lot of that. And 
Yeah, well, and in this COVID environment, too, those are the last ones that yes. are going to be to open. Um, you know, Lauren Goldstein, our, our other partner of the podcast, is really big in the rock and roll. And, um, you know, we do a lot of support for the Neva and the Save Our yeah. Stages. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it, it's, but, you know, maybe the, the Viper Room could go over and be part of that. I know. I just spot. don't know how they can pick it up. And, I mean, I guess they can pick it up and move it. Yeah. But it has to be just done so right. And, you know, I thought... Yeah. Um, you know, the Troubadour obviously got hit really hard with this COVID because they can't have any live music. They can't make any, well, nobody can go in. So um, I'm worried that, I mean, I worry about places like that. They're not landmarked. You know, can you imagine mm-hmm. losing the Troubadour? I mean, I couldn't believe we lost the House of Blues. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I, I can't, I can't talk can't about either. that. I mean, my father performed there. I have like an amazing, I have such an affection for that place and the foundation room upstairs and all the incredible gatherings we yeah. had over the years there and I mean my god I got to see Prince there I mean come on I mean it was so exciting Ugh. it was such a unique building and my my peeve mm-hmm. lately is how they're building these buildings on the strip right up to the street okay if you look at some of those clubs back in the era of Ciro's you know there was a circular driveway or they sort of set back on the property and today they're like every inch of property has to have something on it. So the building that they replaced that with, oh, it's so close to the street that when I'm driving by, I feel like it's going to fall on me, <laughs> you know? And, um, and like, yeah. you know, all these buildings well, now, like I grew up in an era where billboards were on, you know, ads for music, the latest releases were billboards painted by artists. I mean, really painted and, they would um, recycle them and then repaint over them and repaint over them. So a lot of them were not saved. Hardly any of them were saved. But now it's digital. You know, I know the city did implement um, a billboard policy for mm-hmm. those digital billboards. Um, and, you know, it's quite a conversation yeah. fight, as you can imagine. And they're requiring the billboard companies to allocate at least, I think it's 25% or 23 or 25% of the screen time, whatever you call it, um, to the arts. So they're supposed to be um, featuring local artists instead of having ads, you know, right, running, right. Uh, 24-7% uh, yeah. on there. So, yeah, well, they're, they're doing yeah. their best that's to try, good. try I mean, and look, preserve I, things. The Sunset yeah. Strip should yeah. always be a strip that that you learn from, you know. When you're driving down the street, mm-hmm. whether it's a digital billboard or something from 40 years ago and it was an artistic, more of an artistic building, you're still learning what the shows are, what the new records are, what the new, I think that's important because Sunset's like this big advertising stretch. And the buildings now mm-hmm. to me are com- kind of not as, well, it's talking about the Garden of Allah or something like that. I mean, they're not really doing tr- the kind of older tradition, uh, traditional, but Everything seems to be very glassy and boxy, and and I'm just worried about losing some of the charm in our city. Um, so, but but listen, I'll never live anywhere else. This is my home, and this is just part of it. I always said, like Hollywood, L.A., West Hollywood, it's like a movie set. You know, things go up and then they're torn down. Yeah, it's, and it's just different eras, and that's why when you look through these history books or you go to mm-hmm. my page, Vintage L.A., it does blow people's mind. When they do see an orange field, what are the, what are the you know, pepper trees and this, <laughs> you know, and there's nothing in the valley to what we are now. And it's not even been that long, you know, that, that we've become so overly, I don't know, the buildings are getting a little too big for me, but. 
Yeah. Well, we've got those, you know, iconic old Hollywood things like that. Thank goodness for the Tower Hotel and even yeah. that Emsler tile building. And then if you go on the east side of West Hollywood, you know, you've got the lot and at least the exterior yeah. of the lot, um, you know, looks old and vintage. Um, and that actually is a good segue into the uh, mm -hmm. next question that we wanted to ask you. Um, you know, um, we know that you're a producer and come from the, the entertainment industry. And, you know, is when you think about the entertainment industry, one things one tends to think about Hollywood, but there is a tremendous amount that is really centered right here in West Hollywood, you know, with um, new like Ridley Scott, um, Megan Ellison of Annapurna Films down on the lot. We've got mm -hmm. own, um, you know, who I mean, Allison, who else like who else works in WeHo? Like, I mean, can look, you share with us on like I, on that I, I, entertainment side? I actually don't know unless I worked there. You know, I don't really know what's hiding in West okay. Hollywood as far as what production companies are out here. You know, um, I work with, I work on Spectrum News now. That's way out of here. <laughs> um, I don't know. I know that right. there's just entertainment companies all over West Hollywood, whether they're, you know, hiding on one floor or they've taken over the whole building. I don't know. I'm learning from you in that sense. You let me know. <laughs> Ah, okay. Oh, hey, well, good thing. Yeah. Well, that's why we're called We Know We I know, <laughs> I know everything from like 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I just moved to the city uh, five years ago um, after I moved back from New York and Maxine's been here a lot longer. So she probably knows We Hope better than I do. Um, so we're all learning something from yeah. each other. That's kind of fun. I mean, you know, I live in an mm -hmm. area where I walk to Hugo's, I pass Barney's Beanery. You know, like I go the other way. I see the Whiskey Go Go. We got Dantana's, Carney's, up on the Strip, which is that great train, that old vintage train. I mean, there's so much of it left. Believe me, I people think, oh, there's nothing left. No, there's so much left. Um, and I think it's just really mm -hmm. interesting to take walks in West Hollywood, going up like, you know, like Harper. Oh, I totally is, agree. It's just one. I mean, between mm -hmm. Sunset and and basically, basically Hollow, like Sunset and Santa Monica. It's got to be one of the most beautiful streets in the world for architecture. Um, these old world Spanish gorgeous duplexes are so old Hollywood. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, I worked, I, I worked for um, a guy who was running a film festival. Um, film, I would think it was a Belgium guy, and it was his prep project was a film festival, and he had his oh. offices based out of one of those buildings. And yeah. it was a courtyard with fountains well and, you know absolutely yeah beautiful. fountains yeah, yeah and i think the thing of the past I, they're not they're not i think they were like when these new developments come i wish there'd be more fountains and i wish there would be courtyards yeah and there yeah. you know there's that old building that's on the let me get this right it's on the north west side of harper um at fountain and i think uh quite a few starlets lived in there including marilyn monroe and somehow allison i have to share with this you i have to brag my apartment where mm -hmm. i live i'm on laurel and sunset um apparently um dean martin's family used to own <laughs> my apartment building um i love that marilyn monroe apparently swam on our pool so maxine and i every time we get in the summer, we channel marilyn <laughs> <laughs> so yeah lots of fun stuff and actually um last week it's so true just walking around um you know everyone says who walks in la and west hollywood really truly is a, a a very walkable city especially for the residents and our guest last week was a local um influencer and blogger and good friend of maxine's and she mentioned that too she just loves to walk around and you know she's yeah. taking a lot of pictures um and a lot of shoots and she just says i forget the street maxine she mentioned but as i'm thinking of it like 
there's that also that old apartment building on La Cienega at Fountain, and it's got a a mm-hmm. cute little fountain yeah. with mm-hmm. fish on it right on fountain that yeah love love that, that. so it is it's like, really i was yeah. taking a walk a few years ago and i came across this beautiful spanish duplex and i'm looking at it and went wait i think herb albert's like south of the border record cover was shot here <laughs> like and i ran home to get my record cover and i'm like yep no it was not shot south of the border it was shot right here on fountain you know um just that mission style uh, is is just incredible. And there's so much of it in West Hollywood. We are really fortunate. So that's it, why it's it's great to get out and walk. I, I walk yeah. everywhere that I can. And um, like uh, Maxine, and, Maxine and Rachel, our guests last week, say it's really hard for yeah. us to leave the village because um, we have so many wonderful well, yeah, things I in the village. The sunset <laughs> um, is like one well, of the speaking- most beautiful grounds in oh. the we love. Yeah, I'm love like, you know, I in there at least once a week. Have you been down into the studios I, there, I shot, I shot a show to uh, some. Isn't that reality TV show I shot down there for VH1? Yeah, that that is so much fun when you talk about channeling. Yeah, you know, music and the thought that yeah. movies got scored right there, and um, it definitely is the great property for the fusion of music and ground in this like kind of hidden Mm -hmm. studio that people don't know about Mm -hmm. it's kind of exciting too Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the fabulous pictures that they have in there and the stories you hear and you know timothy white you know him and that famous photographer his pictures are just for um spectrum like I, i host this show on spectrum news wednesday nights and i'm a part of this show called the socal scene and They've given me segments that I'm allowed to, to talk about what I want as long as it stays in the historical, which is all my thing, which is my thing anyway. So I did a piece on the Morrison Hotel Gallery, <laughs> and I've known Henry Diltz, which is um, the other partner, for years. And you know his pictures are basically taking. He he shot so many photos in Laurel Canyon of like Joni Mitchell and the Mamas and Papas and the monkeys, but he also took mm. a lot of photos of like Crosby, Stills and Nash, like right over here on Palm you know right here in west hollywood so there's sort of and that house is obviously it's gone the house that they're sitting in front of um but there is a lot of west hollywood rock and roll you know trivia and stuff and i think henry diltz if you're ever in there you know at the morrison hotel gallery and you see him walking around he'll talk to you he'll tell you all kinds of stories and he's been here for 60 years right here Yeah, listen, I, I'm not going to stop pitching because I have pitched my idea about bringing the rock and roll, a small yeah. rock and roll ha- hall of fame here to West Hollywood, that tower workers best. I have talked to Tom Keeley, who's the head of the tourism board. I've talked to Rod Grundyke about it, who's <laughs> over at the Sunset Marquee. Um, Please. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep going on that. I, 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm going to start my own crusade. I'm going to bring Lauren in on that. Well, she's I like, a to, huge I like music to jump fan. in on a good crusade, so keep me updated. <laughs> Okay, cool deal. Um, well, actually, there is um, one crusade that we need. I think we need your help on that Hustler Globe, speaking uh-huh. of the arts club that we mentioned. Um, that Hustler Globe is fantastic. And um, one of our, our local artists, Katie Brightside, um, thought it would be a great idea to save that. Yeah, and put all that, that somewhere stuff needs the strip, to get saved. So, like, there's um, just no question about it. I mean, anything right? that can be taken, if it's don't let a bulldozer, you know, take the whole thing down. You've got to save elements of it. And I think that's like with the Tiffany Theater that, you know, we, we don't have a lot of theaters on the Strip anymore. And there was a fabulous theater there, movie theater. That, that, and then it was also a playhouse. 
and they had that gorgeous Tiffany neon sign on the front, and they were going to demolish it a few years ago. And I called, you know, Tommy Galena, Tommy, I say, Tommy, say his name right, Tommy from um, the Valley Relics to come down here and help us get that sign down. So we, the city was pretty cool about it, and but but they're like, you got to get it yourself, <laughs> you know. So I was like, Tommy got his people in the yeah. truck, and we took the sign down, and now it's sitting in his in his incredible. Uh, museum so yes i think stuff like that there's an old if you're walking down sunset strip right next to you know where the viper room is there's that liquor store gil turner's and they have one of the oldest Mm -hmm. neon liquor signs hanging over the building and it's got to be from the 30s (laughs) and gosh don't let that go (laughs) you know if you're going to demolish the whole block try to take something from each place and incorporate it in some kind of museum and it can be done because Tommy did it in the Valley. Yeah. We, need, we need to do it here. Imagine if Tower Records could be like a big, huge L.A. museum. It'd be incredible. And everyone would donate things. You don't know what people have in their backyard. <laughs> I know. This is I, I true, know especially in West Hollywood. You never know. <laughs> it was probably gone, way gone by the time you got here. But somebody has that sign mm-hmm. like in his backyard. <laughs> you know? I mean. <laughs> okay, yeah, whoever has a ship bring, sign, bring let us back. know. Like let Rocky me and Bowling, know. <laughs> like, I don't know if that really would have come back if we hadn't made so much noise about it on the internet. And and it doesn't have to be mean. It can mm-hmm. be like, hey, we'd love to have it back. Maybe people don't didn't realize how much it it spoke to us in our history here. And uh, if you don't talk about it, yeah, then developers don't know if it's important. You know, when they when they tore down the old mm-hmm. Scandia building on Doheny and Sunset, which is one of the most amazing mid-century modern buildings, there was a shower upstairs that Frank Sinatra used to use. And it was like built for him. And so when they built the, oh, wow. the Marriott, it would have been great if they incorporated like the Sinatra, you know, suite and put that shower in there, you know, because let's face it, when people come yeah. to LA, they want to see Hollywood. They want to feel Hollywood. They, they, that's why they get on the tour buses. And, and so, yeah. Yeah, and they all and they all head east to look at you know the stars on the ground or yeah. the bus, but we've got a lot here. So, um, well, good thing that we've got you like you know collecting all this stuff and really involved in the projects and um, being here an actual uh, resident of West Hollywood, which is amazing um, and great for all the crusades we have going on. Um, so, Allison, we want to ask you. We're just kind of towards the end of our segment here, but we wanted to finish. Um, since you are a West Hollywood resident, you've mentioned a couple places. Mm-hmm. We know you do a lot of walking, which Maxine and I both love. We do as well. Like, what what are you loving right now? Like, what are your your favorite restaurants? Maybe you know it's the holiday season um, yeah. where people may may go pick um, up a a trinket, um, you know, or some of your favorite. Meals. Well, you know, I think um, I've mentioned some. Why don't of them, you share with us a couple right of those? just try to support mm-hmm. some of the legacy bills, businesses, um, you know, places that have been around for a really long time to keep them going. So Dantana's is doing takeout and delivery. Um, I like to support Carney's. I like to support Mel, uh, Mel's Diner. Um, fantastic. They, they, they've done so much up there. So they've been so creative in, in how to bring people into their space since you can't go inside. They have they they show movies and the they have they brought they brought the drive-in back. You know they happen to have a you know they're a big mm-hmm. open parking lot and they decided, hey people can eat in their car. We can have a car hop and we can show movies. 
And they have a huge screen right in the back, uh-huh. and right off Sunset Strip. We saw Jaws there, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, and so you can call that oh, order fun. in Mel's, and then they have a, a girl come out and roller skates to your window and bring you your dinner and, or your lunch. And I just, I love how creative everyone is getting. Um, and I love Hugo's. I pick up a lot from Hugo's when I'm walking. Uh, and just, you know, if I'm not walking in the areas of where the businesses are, like I said, I walk up Harper and Havenhurst, and go up to Sunset, and I'm always discovering something new. So that's the thing about this city. You're always going to find something you didn't see. Just b- b- one street you didn't walk up your, your whole life. You'll be like, wow. <laughs> you know, I think Holloway is a really interesting street to walk on, too, up to sunset because you see all these incredible duplexes. And that reminds me of old Hollywood. You know, there's a lot of old yeah. Hollywood here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to put out, if you haven't, you should like put, put out like a walking map, get together with the uh, John D'Amico Rock and, rock and Walk Tours. Him. You guys should I get a map work, together to watch Hollywood, a tourist so map. I think he's just the coolest guy. <laughs> oh, we love John. Oh, he would, he would love to work with you. You have the similar, yeah, yeah. you have a similar on the city, really rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah, and he is all about rock and roll, so... Yes, definitely need a collaboration there. Well, Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such been, it's been such a fun conversation with you. I have learned a tremendous amount about the history of West Hollywood. I definitely have some places on my walking map and some of those streets that I want to go down and recheck out or pay more attention to and get my head out of my phone yeah. as I'm, you know, strolling I mean, down so the street. Much to think of just like one last thing when you're walking by the um, the Pacific Design Center. To just think in your mind that that used to be in the 50s and 40s, basically a barn that that held the trains that went, you know, up and down Santa Monica. I mean, there's just so much. I mean, I'd love to put together like at some wow. point an app or something where you're standing, you can put the address in and see what it was then. So, yeah. So there's something. Oh, that's cool. Oh, do you do you do that? I do. Oh, I do on your Instagram. I think, do you do yeah. like what the building is I, now I think and then, and then really swipe left to then yeah. and now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks okay. for having me. That's really cool. Okay. Bye. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Allison. Okay. Bye. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of We Know We Ho. Just a reminder, if you like us and like our podcast, please rate and comment and subscribe where you listen to podcasts as it really does help. Um, and as always, I want to mention, you know, we're, we're really looking to support the local businesses and the local business community. We have over 3000 home businesses here in West Hollywood. And I'm sure, you know, that spans the gamut of, uh, across a lot of professions from health and wellness to massage to therapists to lawyers, you know, but if you know someone that would like to be featured, that is one of those home businesses, please let us know right in. Cause we're about supporting everybody, you know, just not our brick and mortar. So um, please let us know. We're always looking for that. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram. We know we have check out our stories daily that um, Miss Lauren is curating lots of great insider tips there. Um, please continue to be safe. Wear your and masks. And from West Hollywood, that's a wrap. Bye, everybody.